and welcome to Say That, the podcast for your big questions to get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. Joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. Yo! So joining us, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. Greetings, salutations. Joining us all the way from a tornado-riddled Oak Ridge, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. I, I don't know if I'm going to make it out of here live, boys. Well, here's the thing, Lee. I don't know what accent that was. <laughs> I'm, I'm down in the storm cellar right now. <laughs> okay. Wow. We own Dust Bowl on us. Okay. If you if you should be uh, swept up by a tornado <laughs> and transported to a magical land where suddenly everything's in color, yeah, just watch out for them flying monkeys, man. Watch out for them flying monkeys. Let me tell you here's what. The thing. Go ahead, Lee. I'm much more freaked out by like the uh, the people that that already have like worked out dance routines about their about their small business than the flying monkeys. I mean, at least if there's a flying monkey coming at me baring its teeth, I know where I stand with that thing. But if you've got small businessmen who have like a song and dance routine worked out about their shop, I see what you're I talking don't know about. about that. Hey man, that's when you're a guild, you got it. You got to know what's up. That's just that's just the chamber of commerce told them that's just good business. <laughs> Let me tell you a story right now. I saw a documentary about monkeys riding on horses, shooting guns. Okay. Oh, dude. Okay. And let me tell you what. This is what happened. Monkeys is taking over, y'all. Okay. Okay. And I've been saying this for years. Okay. The monkeys it's, are coming. It's true. Coming. It's okay. a coming thing. <laughs> they're they're plotting. They're using a the sign language, and you know. Are these flying monkeys? Well, it's only a matter of time before they get their pilot's license. Okay. Sure. Okay. Glenn, <laughs> uh, for one, welcomes our new Simeon overlords. Well, and that's the thing I got to consider because right now, humans been running things for a long time. Right. Okay. Or you, if you read certain sites on the internet, a sub race of lizard people. Okay. <laughs> and here's the thing, uh, uh, you know, with with humans running things, I don't have it that great. You know, true. I, right. I'm not living in a mansion, etc. So I'm thinking. Uh, if monkeys take over, maybe I'll, you know, work a deal. I heard you saying. Well, you're saying monkeys make me an offer. Make me an offer, monkeys. Yeah. Okay. So if you if you transfer your allegiance, your political allegiance, that is to Team Caesar, right, and his and his ape army, right. What what are some things that you're hoping are going to be different about your life? Well, that's a good question. Um, you know. Uh, Pro, I'm just off the top of my head, unlimited free bananas. Absolutely. Okay. I'm not a big banana eater, but, you know, when they're free, yeah. you know, take two, you know, that kind of thing. You don't want to lose money on this. Yeah, thing. yeah, you know. Well, what if you need somebody to kind of pick some insects out of your coat for you right, and help you know. solve that problem? Let me tell you a story right now, and this is a true, because this is how I feel like the monkeys would accept me. If I take off my shirt, it's like Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I feel like, you know... You could be a kind of a mediator, kind of a halfway between situations. See, Matt <laughs> understands it. You, you, okay. So, wait, do, would you have, do you have, like, diplomatic immunity in the, uh, in the talking ape community? I, I would expect. So, because you've got the summer sweater going on, yeah. that gives you a degree of political freedom right. in their environment. Right, yeah. I'm, I I'm, do I'm, like I'm, this idea for a uh, Planet of the Apes Lethal Weapon 2 crossover... <laughs> Where the plot is, it's an ape with diplomatic immunity. I just think it's great that when people are looking for a quality Christian podcast, 
they're they're we able to access kind of this kind of you know in in depth analysis. Absolutely, it's the kind of theological insight that really it helps you take your walk to the next level. Yeah, sure. It's also why we can't get Glenn to go to camp, get Glenn to go to San Francisco anymore. <laughs> Thinks it's overrun by apes and there's no generators. That was, it was it was in the documentary. Isn't sure what's more scary, the apes or Gary Oldman. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Commissioner Gordon mad at these apes? He keeps yelling because he doesn't know that all movies aren't documentaries. <laughs> right. Why is Why is Dracula coming at them apes? Yeah, it's mighty confusing. <laughs> wow, dude, you went deep in the back. Yeah, hey, I, I went to the one. I went to the early nineties on that one. Um, so normally this is the point where one of you, in a in a, a very ape like fashion, yells about an emergency. Or no, I'm good. We're I'm, good. I'm I'm pretty well squared away. Maybe yeah. a little bit of a short. Um, thing this and nobody no, on the tumblr no. tweeted anything in i think we've had about enough monkey business so. <laughs> very clever turn of phrase to the penitentiary with you <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh, i'm looking at the say that email inbox and i just got a uh, youtube youtube tumblr tumblr Tumblr's like if not to reference another movie that's not a documentary glenn but maybe with me here you know the amy polar character in mean girls who like really super wants to be the fun mom uh-huh. and jumps in with like, oh, here I find that's Tumblr in my inbox. Okay. Just three, it feels like three times I get emails like, remember Tumblr? Yeah. Aren't you having fun <laughs> with Tumblr? Come on. Yeah. But uh, nothing really that interesting there. So maybe we'll just jump to questions. Whoa, 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 whoa. Matt, are you saying that nothing interesting came into the say that email headquarters this week? Podbean, Podbean, Tumblr, Tumblr. Nigerian prince pills. No, nothing. hold on, hold on, hold on. I am gonna have to stop the, the stop the whole presses and call an emergency. Okay. Are you declaring an emergency? I am declaring an emergency emphatically. I and not only that, I'm and as a sub emergency. Before I've even declared the initial emergency, Matt is lying about to say that in inbox. Oh my goodness it's well, corruption I, I, that goes all the way say, to the bottom well i'm not going to say what kind of pills they're emailing us about on the podcast lee that would be rude <laughs> wow <laughs> could have danced by that joke like... but you guys are really letting that one breathe huh nobody has anything else to say on that i'm not sticking my head in that news <laughs> yeah i'm again that one man um here's the thing we did get a very interesting email into the Say That email uh, headquarters this week, mm. and I don't know why Matt is dodging this mm. because uh, it's an outrageous I like accusation. Is, I feel like this email is in his corner. Okay. Let me just read this out. Just to be you. clear, this came from nothing the- that happens on this show is in my corner, so that's a dubious <laughs> statement. This email came from a, a good friend of the Say That podcast, and the subject is hashtag date Matt. Not ah. my corner. Tell me more. And it's this, 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 uh, this Say That fan says, my wife and I are at one of our, uh, you know, saw one of our son's preschool teachers at Target the other day. Right. Uh, my wife knows this teacher's adult daughter. Okay. And we and adult is a so very she, important qualifier in that sentence. Okay. So uh, she so she told this teacher that she wanted to set her adult daughter up with with Matt. Oh. And so this conversation gave me an idea for a new hobby. Date Matt campaign slogans. Ooh, oh, I like okay. it. Tell I like me it. More. So, so this, this guy furnishes people. us with a couple to get the ball rolling. Here's one for you. Matt, he's the guy your mom wants you to date. Well, that's Lovely. undeniably true. Yeah, that's, that's, that's been proven quite wrong in the past. 
That's there's no question yeah. about that one. We're the we're o for one. however many on that being true. Lee, here's another one. Matt, he's probably better looking than at least one of the guys you've dated. <laughs> well, there you go. Did you date guys in the burn ward before? <laughs> this might be true. Aww. Uh, for the international fans, Matt, come for the green card. Stay for the cuddliness. Oh, that's quite a that's a good that's offer. Funny. That's a good offer, yeah. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. And, and of course, the simple approach, Matt, furiously handsome. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. That's totally true. Sure. That's totally you true. can't deny that. At least that. the I mean, furious that's... part of that is right. <laughs> furiously handsome, handsomely furious, one or the other. <laughs> well, you know, so I don't know why Matt's Well, we've all this, had a lot of fun email. today, but questions come in fast and furious to the inbox. And <laughs> no, I, I think we need to explore this. Yeah, I think I think we need to dig into I it. I think you guys need to get better at cutting me off before I'm out of sentence when we do these bits. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's the thing out there, people in the podcast universe. Uh, we need somebody to date Matt. Yeah. Not true. We can't date Matt for you. No. That is true. <laughs> For and, many reasons. And uh, Matt needs love. I'm I got true. an idea. I think, uh, you know, a friend who wrote into us, uh, you know, he, he took kind of the sweet approach. Right, you know, he, right. was, he, was, he was doing, you know, the... Only the, in your universe does that sarcastic email count as the sweet approach. Well, that's the sweet approach. I think it's time to uh, give uh, the people who aren't dating Matt what for. Right. And ask, what makes you think you're so great? Right. Sure, Matt's not perfect. Right. He's good enough for you. That's See, this, this is what I'm talking about. You're saying man. guilt them in. Attack them right in the uh, the possibly already low self-esteem. That's a good plan. I'm saying go after the self-esteem as leverage to get them to date yes. Matt. Yes. So it's a different area Genius. of slogan. Matt, he's what you deserve. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's about right. Yeah, yeah. Matt. Divine retribution for your many sins. <laughs> he, <laughs> You know what you did. <laughs> now date him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Matt, date Matt. You should have tried harder. Yeah. 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 This is here's a good one. Yeah. You know, really want to play on on you know fear of what might happen. Matt King, he just might be your last chance. Wow. There you go. <laughs> wow. You wow. Go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> date Matt, ladies. Please date Matt. Yeah. We we don't we don't like talking like this. No, I mean. That's we, the biggest lies we've told in this show yet. We'd, we'd like to move on to other things, but it's just like uh, we we can't ignore the 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 elephant in the room. I mean, uh, there now, was a man who's been married for 20-something years. 22 exact years. Exactly. We you, had a meeting. You want, you want to go back and revise using the word elephant in any sentence, in any context here? Yeah, I had um, the same thought on that. You never you what, learn, do you? I'm trying. I'm just going to say this right now. I people on this podcast try <laughs> to get me in trouble because no, they succeed in getting you in Here's trouble. Here's the thing, Glenn. Yeah, that's actually true. Are you calling the ladies the elephant? Or are you calling Matt an elephant? Because yeah, Matt's got feelings. I, I, and thick gray skin. <laughs> And a trunk. <laughs> I, I Big feel... floppity ears. <laughs> I'm starting to see where you're going with this, actually. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, what's wrong with Matt? 
Yeah, what is wrong with Matt? Now this is like we're trying to. Actually, we don't have that. We don't have that kind of time. I mean, maybe only, we should explore. We're it. only recording uh, to a terabyte hard drive. We don't have the kind of time we need to answer that question. Yes, technically speaking, Matt King is classified as a hazardous substance. But what makes you so good? Yeah, I mean, come on. I maintain that OSHA's out to get me. See, yeah, um, and you know, well, can we? Can we come up with a with a camp um, a date Matt campaign slogan that ties into something that we were dealing with earlier on the show? Like, for instance, let's say that Caesar and his ape army do take over the known world. Oh, I right? like it. There's just a few humans left, and so we we lead off with something like Matt, technically human still. Here, oh, right? that's good. That's Matt, good. It's this or the extinction of the species. Sure, that's good. You know, don't let the beard fool you. Sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Very good. You know, because, uh, you know, well, you, you know, I love this idea of if the human race is hanging by a thread, Matt's got to repopulate us all. Yeah, I think that's good. <laughs> it feels like know. a bit of a leap from what we were saying. I think, let's, let's just right now, okay, because we got to prepare for the possibilities. Because Matt's clearly, Matt's not dating on his own, just in life. Okay. <laughs> So what we need is a monkey uprising apocalypse to create a dating scenario. Absolutely. Do you think that's a small price to pay? That Right. So what we do is we set Matt up as the ideal, you know, breeding partner. Okay. Okay. Basically, we're talking about putting him out the stud. But in, in Matt's a stud, but in a very literal <laughs> sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, 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 I mean, who better? I Traditionally, mean, we, you don't put a horse out to stud if he's never won a race, but that's, that's think, up to you. You. Know, you. You just talk about his haunches. Sure, sure. And, you know, that he has uh, good teeth. We've discussed these kind of things Quick about Matt the on this podcast before. Have we? We have. Wow, that's awful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but in no way surprising. Yeah. Nope. No, I, I I think Matt is good breeding stock. Okay, so sue me. Yeah. That's how I look at it. Yeah. Well, I think what we, you know, the bottom line we can land on is if you're not dating Matt, clearly you don't care about the future of the world. Okay. Yeah. The human race is at stake here. Yeah, could be. Could be. Why do you hate our species? Why yeah. do you hate our species? Are you a monkey sympathizer? Is that why you won't you're date Matt? A, you're a monkey lover. That's yeah. I feel are. this is going to drift into some kind of animal farm symbolism that none of us are aware of. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Somebody say emergency off because that's officially as far as we can take this. <laughs> we officially declare emergency off. Thank you. Let's go to the questions with the, with the Jesus stuff. Uh, yeah. Lord. Oh, God. <laughs> now, it's tasked to me to take, to convince you nice people that what you need in your life is sober spiritual advice from the people who just did the monkey uprising bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Believe it or not, people come from all around the city of Chicago to hear Glenn and Jed's thoughts on important spiritual matters. They ask questions to which we have answers. It happens in Chicago. It happens all over the internet, and the biggest, the uh, most clear distillation of that, if you can't get to our bridge service every Tuesday, is Bridge Box. 
That is songs that Jed has written, songs a lot of times that Lee has produced and written, sermons from Glenn, writings from Glenn and Jed, sermon for myself will pop up in there, some other cool music from friends around the country and around the world, all based around a topic to get your spiritual life moving forward. The one we're taking on in August will actually tie into our first question here, but it is, how do I actually move past lust? Those are the kind of, you get some good, solid, real-world, uh, practical advice on the theology of that, what you actually, what lust actually is, what it isn't, what you can do to actually move past it. And every month we take on a question much like that. So that's missionusa.com slash bridgebox sign up. That's $8 a month. You get a lot of cool stuff and it funds our ministry to keep going here in the streets of Chicago. Or if you want the Lee Younger branded version, which features a new track from Lee every mm. month, video, some good behind the scenes stuff and some stuff he has curated from previous bridge boxes. You can go to missionusa.com slash BB. L-Y, and I believe if you sign up for that, we may still have a few Lee Younger free T-shirts left. That's that is correct. Excellent T-shirts. If you sign up, uh, we'll get in, you can get in contact with us at bridgeboxandmissionusa.com. Uh, Tell us your T-shirt size and where you live, and we'll get that out to you. All right, we're going to jump to our first question here. Came in anonymously with our Tumblr. If you have questions, I'll give you some ways at the end to get in touch with this. This says... I have yet another relationship question. How do I talk to my boyfriend about porn? We were best friends long before we started dating, and he confided in me that he struggles with it, but I had forgotten about that until recently. I don't know if he's still struggling with it, but I know it's an important issue, especially since we are moving towards marriage. I don't know what to say or where to begin. Jed, can you start us off? I can. I love this question. I I think it's really good, and part of the reason I think it's really good is I think it actually underscores a really effective approach to a lot of things as you're preparing for marriage, which is to say we have an issue in life and we need to figure out how do we get on the same page with this issue. So for just if you'll bear with me for just a second, let's talk about something other than porn. There is a whole list of stuff where you guys need to figure out how do we get on the same page on this subject so that we can be a team working together. So, for example, money. You need to talk about how do we feel about money? What role do we want money to play in our lives? Um, How are we going to make money? Uh, Do we care which of us makes more money? How are we going to spend our money? How much are we going to save? How much are we going to... do with fun stuff, how much are we going to give, how much are we going to invest. You want to talk through all of those things with the goal being we can get on the same page when it comes to the subject of money. And again, there's a huge long list of all kinds of stuff, money, children, family, career, all kinds of stuff. You want to do that with all those issues. But what I would encourage you to do is to take that same approach of saying we want to get on the same page where we're, we're pulling on the same end of the rope, we're looking at things through the same lens on the subject of pornography. Let me tell you more about that. Everybody, if you're listening to this podcast, you almost certainly know that pornography is a sinful thing. It's it's a lustful thing and it's not good. But do we know, for example, why it's a sinful thing? Do, do we know why it's not good? Do we know what effects it actually has in a relationship versus just the things that we're afraid it might have in a committed relationship? I think if if you and your boyfriend want to develop, particularly as you're looking towards marriage, if you want to develop an effective strategy as it relates to pornography in particular, but lust in general, I think the thing that you want to do is ask some really broad questions about um, 
the nature of pornography and how it works and what it does so that you can get on the same page. So, in other words, what I suspect a lot of your friends would do is they would say, well, so I want to sit down with my boyfriend and I want to make sure we both think porn is wrong, right? Yes. And we both think you shouldn't be looking at it, right? Yes. Okay. Covered. Moving on. But I would encourage you to have a much longer and broader discussion about it where those two things are really only the very, very, very end of the discussion. That instead, we would talk about um, why do people look at porn in the first place? Why would you be tempted to look at porn in the first place? Is this purely about sex or is it about other things? Does this, right. um, do you, are people generally, and you in particular, are we more tempted to look at stuff that we shouldn't when we're tired, when we're stressed out, when we're bored, when we're frustrated? Because if that's the case, we can work together as a team to help you manage your stress level, help you um, have hobbies so that you're not bored, help you um, deal with frustrations in a healthy way and get peace uh, likewise we can say is there an element of looking at porn because you're trying to live out fantasies and if that's the case are there fantasies that can exist in a healthy way that we could live out in the context of our own marriage and if that's true could we talk about those so that we could actually meet each other's sexual needs and wants and desires there may be stuff that you have a fantasy about that kind of can't really exist in a Christian marriage but I bet there's plenty that, that can but we can't know if we won't talk openly about it now certainly yes the end of that conversation is it we're going to want to land on a place of but given everything we've talked about we both agree that porn is not a healthy thing and we don't want it to be a part of our relationship and you know we'd, we'd like to have you know some some other guys in your life that help you know to, to support and encourage you in that but again that's the very very end of a much longer much broader conversation and if we'll have that much longer broader conversation you guys will be in much better shape you'll be able to support each other much more effectively you'll both have more peace about it and and you'll kill the shame element, which is yeah. the most important thing to do for both of you, is to get rid of any sense of shame and secrecy. So that's where I'd encourage you to start is a very um, extended, open, big idea conversation about porn and its ro role in your relationship. That's a great point, Glenn. I totally agree with uh, all of this. I love the team element of that. It's always primary when you're looking at relationship stuff. Uh, I think when when I hear couples talk about porn, there's always uh, man is bad for wanting sex things and woman is victim. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Totally. I I, I, I hate all of that. All of that needs to go. Everybody uh, under the roof has sexual desires, has sexual thoughts. Mm -hmm. Everybody. Uh, comes into relationships, enters into relationships, having attractions to all sorts of, you know, whatever it is, Hollywood celebrities or singing Absolutely. stars or whatever, you know, pop stars or something. So there's there's a, a, a point where you, that attraction kind of is all over the map, and then we're bringing that down to one person. We'd like to think we can sort of flip a switch on that, but that's kind of not how life works. Uh, so I love the idea of approaching that from a team standpoint of let's both work on this. We all have our struggles. Let's all be on the same page. Um, uh, a lot of what Jed is talking about then is really defanging this. Yes. Um, and what we mean by defanging is we're, we're taking the bite out of it. We're taking the, uh, the emotional, uh, overwhelmed, bombastic kind of 
all the, you know, just taking this out of being a huge. It's the worst thing that's ever happened. Yeah. And how could you? Yeah, you you said in here, um, you know, I I I know that this is an important issue, and the sex uh, sex stuff altogether is important. Yeah, porn and the usage of it kind of not i mean that i mean it is under the umbrella of the thing that is more important which is the sex stuff but it's this the the mentality that porn can make or break a relationship that that porn will totally destroy a sex life because this guy will rather have the porn than the whatever that's a little bit overcooked there i yeah. think we get a lot of voices from a lot of christian sources try to fear us into not you know fooling with porn and stuff I think it's much more important to defang that and to say everybody has these interests, everybody has these desires. There's a right way and a wrong way to go about it. There's a smart way and a foolish way to go about it. Feeling our way through that will not work. Yeah, yeah. Guilting our way through it, as Jed saying, shaming our way through it will not work. What we have to do is think our way through this. Yes. We need wisdom. Right. And that, and and that's where the teamwork comes into play because we put our heads together and we start figuring things out. We yeah. start we start breaking things down. We, you know, I think it'd be great for couples to talk about why is there an interest in porn, um, and and understand it on a deeper level to mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. Uh, to work that out. And I also agree with what Jed's saying here, uh, particularly if you're. Uh, engaged in getting ready to be married or you're already married, finding a way of bringing all this sexual everything under the umbrella of the marriage and have it within that marriage is a doable thing in most cases. And um, obviously that marriage will take on a great deal more intimacy and fun and excitement if you're able to do that. Uh, That's worth sitting down and talking about and working through uh, because if you if, if you continue to do that outside of that uh, relationship, eventually that's going to cause this split that that uh, people worry about when when we're talking about porn stuff. Absolutely, Lee. One thing that I think is interesting is that there are certain, and and these guys have have sort of covered this in some ways that that there are certain kind of sins in the Christian culture that. We're so shocked by them. Everybody is so shocked by them and upset about them that our only approach is, this is so wrong. The only thing that we can do is we can just say, it's wrong, stop it. And that doesn't help anybody. Yeah. And the thing is, if you were... if you were going to, let, let's say that you had somebody in your life that you cared about who was struggling with some kind of sin issue, something that they, that was out of control for them almost. They just, they, they, they didn't want it to be a part of their life and it just was way more than they wanted it to be. You wouldn't just go up to them and say, that's wrong, now stop it. <laughs> a good friend would talk to them about it, just like Jed is saying, where's this coming from? When do you feel tempted about this? And what you would do in, 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 to be a good friend to this person is you would, you would listen to them a lot, and you would try to ask creative questions about it, trying to hit it from different angles, so that you can help them figure out the why behind all of these things, and then you would develop a strategy. You would help that person come up with um, strategy like when when people are in AA, <clears throat> they they have certain they have certain things that they deal with like you know for Alcoholics Anonymous for those who don't know where they they talk about people places and things when I'm around these people 
I do really poorly. When I'm around these people, I do really well. When I go to this place, I feel really tempted. When I'm around this place, I feel great and I feel awesome. And so you're like, okay, great. Well, that gives us a lot of clues for some tactics and strategies on how we have to do this. We, we've talked on this show before about when you're trying to overcome something, uh, you know, trying to understand your triggers, you know, trying to understand what is the thing that sets me in this direction where I'm thinking about this and what do I do at that point? Helping somebody develop a strategy, it, you know, dealing with this, talking about this should be the same way that you would talk about any other thing. Like if, 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 if you got married and you, like one thing that's going to happen when you get married is you're going to f- learn a lot of things about your mate that you just did not have the opportunity to know when you were dating. You might find out that this is a person who really, really struggles with depression, and you didn't know that. Or you might find out that, you know, uh, upon certain kinds of frustration, this person has a very volatile anger. And you didn't know that because it was all hunky-dory and there was just lots of fun dates and stuff like that. You're going to learn all these things. And the thing is, and or you might find out this person has an eating disorder or something. You didn't know that. And on any of those kinds of things, with a cool head, you would sit down and talk and you would help them develop a strategy of what do we do when you're feeling really frustrated and angry? How do we work through that thing? Or what do we do when you're feeling down and what can we do about that? And that's the kind of thing that we want to do. A couple of things that I would say real quick on, on the end of this, because I totally agree with what, you know, we're Jed and Glenn are coming with this. And, and, and I think developing a strategy, and I love the teamwork thing. I think developing a strategy is the most important thing. Treating this like you would treat any other sin. It's not the great sin. You know, just seeing it that way. This is not the worst thing that can possibly happen to you. This is a very, it, it, is, it is, like Jed said, it's wrong, but it's something that we can deal with just like we would deal with anything else. A, a couple of last little things on this. If your guy has a group of friends that he trusts and that he's open with and that they pray for each other and help each other develop strategy and talk to each other and all that kind of stuff, encourage his hangout times with those guys. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Encourage him. Um, if, you know, you know, support support if he goes to lunch with those guys once a week make a, make that a, a, a wide open pathway you love that time you're a fan of that time you're you're the number one fan of that that group of friends uh, encourage him in that uh, a lot because those friends when a guy has friends like that he finds out he's not a freak he's not alone they struggle with the same things he does and it and it what it does it brings it into the light and it defeats a lot of the stuff that that the enemy wants to do that the devil tries to do just right out of the gate by just him being able to talk about it honestly he gets to laugh about the ridiculous and absurd parts about it with his friends and and it becomes uh it, it just it becomes defanged like glenn is saying so encourage that as much as possible the last thing that i would say is when you're having these conversations where you're trying to develop strategy you're working together as a team i want you to think about this before the conversation is over do not leave the couch do not leave the car or whatever wherever you're having that conversation with Without looking your man in the eyes and reminding him who Jesus says he is, you you need to do that because here's the thing that 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 guys are not 
aware of and 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 that is kicking guys butts is that the enemy is wearing them out about this making them feel so guilty and so ashamed of themselves and they forget that Jesus loves them that they are completely forgiven if they know Christ they are a new creation they are just as righteous as Jesus himself in the eyes of God and you need to be the person that reminds your guy of that thing that no matter what has happened no matter what's gone before they are a new creation as righteous in 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 God's sight as Jesus himself just to help undo some of the things that you know the enemy is going to waylay your guy with. And so think about that as you close out the conversation. Maybe pray for him or something like that, but encourage him with spiritual truths that he may not be feeling about himself. In fact, I pretty much guarantee you he's not feeling them about about himself. And so if they come from you, they're going to have an extra measure of strength. That's excellent stuff. I want to pick up on one quick thing Lee was saying there about encouraging uh, your boyfriend to be around guys who can talk to us about. That's a really good call and very sharp. A lot of times you'll, especially this particular problem as Glenn and Judd talked about, is caught up in a lot of overcooked kind of bad idea advice. And one of those you'll hear a lot is, accountability yeah mm. you gotta be mm-hmm. held accountable you gotta be and there's a place for that not the way those people are talking about it but as the girlfriend you're not really in a position to provide much accountability on this and later on if you guys do get married that'll that will change a little bit but for right now you can't really end every day by asking him, so did you look at porn <laughs> right because <laughs> even if you have the best of intentions about that that's going to create a very negative uh spiral going on there the thing you can be holding him accountable to is did you go to lunch with those guys did you talk to a mentor about this that's a thing you can very yeah. much accountable to hold him accountable to and that can serve as a bellwether for things that are not going well if you know if your guy is normally pretty tends to isolate off this then we can know things aren't going well so if you're looking for one thing what can i practically do to help it would definitely be encourage him to be talking to an older mentor or a bunch of friends about this and that's something that keeps you from getting too caught up in it because there's just there's no good comes from you asking well what are you looking at which some girlfriends have tried to do to under that's not what we mean by understanding that doesn't have a great way but you say I, you know, I understand this is a thing. I don't really know the ins and outs of being a guy. And even if you're a young lady who struggles with porn, that's a similar thing. And there's a lot that's not uncommon at all, but it is a different angle to come at it from. So you're better off you getting advice from an older woman, him getting advice from an older guy. And that's one thing you can definitely practically hold him to doing. All right, move on to our next question here. It came into our Tumblr from our friend Ernie Yip. Platinum level, say that super fan. Yes. Woo! Who says, Woo! what is the best way to help people who are homeless? Some people say I shouldn't just give them money, but I should give them food instead. Others say I should just be praying for them. What do you think is the most useful? Glenn, can you start us off? Well, the best way to help homeless people is get them into a shelter. Yes. Uh, which is which Absolutely. is not on your list. Um, uh, that's exactly what I would want to do with anyone that's homeless. That's what we do with people after our bridge service. Yeah. Um, now, uh, if you want to go for the bonus points on that, uh, you can do, and I encourage you to do what we've done, which is to go to shelters and see how they operate, see what kind of profile of individual they're dealing with. Some shelters uh, specialize in families, for example, where they'll take uh, uh, children and, and uh, mothers. Uh, others are uh, designed for people who need to sleep off uh, their uh, uh, intoxication and so forth. 
there are all sorts of different types of shelters that specialize in different kinds of uh, sort of a, a crisis that people are going through. We've familiarized ourselves with that. Sometimes it's just calling around. Sometimes it's just physically going over there. You'd be surprised at how little of that is going on in your hometown and how quick and easy it is to gather that information. But you can get all of that onto one sheet of paper. And uh, if someone tells you their tale of woe, you can easily get that sheet of paper out and say, this is the absolute perfect place for you to go. I, t- right. I talked to uh, Shelly over there. She seems like a real nice lady. Tell them I sent you. They'll sort you out. Do you need a ride over there, etc. The thing is, what you'll discover is uh, that there are two different kinds of people who are homeless. Uh, one type of person is the chronically homeless person. Uh, we deal with a certain amount of that. We deal with uh, people who are homeless, and they uh, it's they they are going to be homeless no matter what. Yep. There's just no getting them off of being homeless. Uh, it's a bizarre thing. I don't pretend to understand it. Uh, I've tried to get them to, to explain it to me. If you want to be homeless in Chicago in the winter... Uh, and there are a lot of people that do. And there are a lot of people who do. And it, you you really have to want to not be in a shelter because there's, there's shelter space for you. We can get it for you. Um, so that there's some people that's what they're on. Uh, uh, and, and those people may also be really just trying to raise money so that they can continue to do that and, and, and not uh, you know, live a more responsible lifestyle. The other profile of individual that's homeless is someone who's down on their luck. They lost their job. Yeah. Right. Bills got over their head. They got mental illness. Men, you know, all this. They, they're, they're out and they're just trying to figure life out. If you can get somebody like that into a shelter, for them, that's going to be a huge boost forward. And with the shelter taking care of that, you can, you know, maybe start looking at, okay, what else do you need? Do you need job stuff? And we got job agencies out there, you know, whatever the thing is, and begin to, to help them out. But if I, if I say, well, look, I, I'll, you know, here's some information on some shelters. Are you interested? And they're not interested. I've just found out which kind yeah. of person I'm dealing with. If they are interested, I go over that list and say, you know, here, I think this would be the right place for you. Tell them I sent you, and they'll they'll take care of you over there. Then you know we we've given them the help that they need. But the the other there's a there's a another sort of wrinkle to this that I'll point out before I send it around to these other guys, which is the some say I shouldn't give them money. Hmm, you know, well uh, again I don't give them money, uh, and in a lot of cases I'm not giving them food unless I have unless we're at the bridge where we got food. Uh, again, I'm trying to get them to a shelter where they'll get them food and get them squared away, and they don't need any money because they've—it's all for free. Uh, but I—I I think there's a certain profile of individual who says, you know, the—it's it, best that you not help these homeless people because you know they would they would only use that for you know negative things and so on and so forth in some cases that's absolutely true but what you want to do is apply something that sorts those people out because that's again that's what we do if you want the pro level advice on that that's what we do is we we sort out who's ready to move forward by who's not by you know simply saying if you're ready to move forward here's this now here's the beautiful part of all this and, uh, and I say this and we'll send it around is that 
when you give them that list of shelters, even if they're on the hustle at that point, even if they have all the worst intentions in the world, when they hit rock bottom and they're ready to get help, they'll have that information. So, yeah. right. so you sort of are winning either way. That's absolutely a great point, Lee. Well, I'm, <clears throat> I totally agree with everything that Glenn just said, and I would say just run it back and listen again. I mean, it, you know, when w- homelessness is a much different, you know, looks much different in my neck of the woods than it does for these guys who are living in Chicago, but it is the same situation in, in the sense that we have organizations, we have, you know, res- you know rescue min- ministries, we have... Um, we have uh, an organization in our county that does aid to distressed families and stuff like that. One of the things that's really cool is, you know, if you are in a more, let's say you're a listener in a more suburban area um, and maybe not a, a huge city kind of thing um, or even like a rural area is to find one of these smaller organizations, maybe a little rescue mission or something like that or or, you know, an aid to distress families kind of uh, organization and uh, volunteer down there. Um, you know, put school supplies together before school starts and, and help hand some of that stuff out. One thing that's really cool about uh, about volunteering and supporting an organization like that is that, <clears throat> you know, probably in your mind you have a face of what homelessness looks like. And then when you volunteer and help out a ministry like that or an organization like that, all of a sudden you see what's really going on, and you see um, you see into people's eyes, and you see their children, and you you know, and, and and it just changes the way that you understand the whole thing, and it changes the way that you see people who are giving their lives to. Uh, to you know, to, to 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 help homeless people, and so I think one really cool thing because what you know, one thing that we always try to do, you know, uh, my wife and I in particular is we, you know, if somebody wants to be, you know, wants a ride or wants some help or something like that, is we will offer to take them to the shelter that's in our city, and um, <clears throat> we'll offer to to tell them where that is and stuff like that. And sometimes you have people that are like. You know, they'll dog the shelter, you know, and no, man, I don't want to go there. They, they just don't treat people right. And the cool thing is, is if you've already volunteered at that place, then then, you know, that's not true because those people are amazing people. Um, uh, the people that are that are taking care of folks down at the rescue mission and stuff, and uh, nine times out of ten, those are those are some pretty amazing people. So I would say um, that's that's a great kind of ministry to pray about supporting. It's a great ministry to volunteer at if you're in any kind of position in in you know a leader in youth ministry. It's a great place place to take your kids to try to figure out what what how can we volunteer yeah. in this situation. Yeah, there's a. We have uh, there's an organization in in uh, the city that you know the closest real city to us that feeds homeless people once a week underneath an interstate overpass. A really cool ministry, and you know in the past we've taken our our high school you know youth group down there and volunteered at that, and you know and, and kids just walk away wild you know wide eyed and just wow I just can't believe that you know that w- what that was like it just wasn't anything like I thought, and, n- and none of the people were anything like I, I assumed. 
they would be. And so I think, you know, supporting those ministries and talking to them and finding out how can I help out, help what you're doing, rather than you deciding, like, I'm going to fix this homelessness right here, at, you know, at, with my resources in my car. Instead of that, you know, g- go to the people that are already doing it professionally and find out what do you need help in and how can I aid what you're doing in a vo- on a volunteer basis or, you know, in a, in a seasonal basis or whatever. Absolutely, Jed. Uh, these uh, dudes of cover, man, two very quick things. Um, Lee's absolutely right. Uh, get involved, man. Go volunteer. It'll Not only will it help uh, those folks, not only will it give you a better perspective on what the deal is, it'll do wonders for your walk. Um, you know, I mean, uh, yeah. uh, just uh, when, when you get on the ground being the hands and feet of Jesus to, to love and serve people in real practical ways, it just changes things. Um, and I know that sounds odd if you've never experienced it before, but um, I'd strongly encourage, I think the best thing most people could do for their walk is to get some sort of weekly or, or biweekly um, a volunteer thing going where they're um, directly serving uh, people that are at the bottom of life. Uh, the other reason to volunteer in is it's a smarter, safer way to do it. I'm going to steal Matt's point. Right. Um, he usually brings this up, but I'm going to beat him to the punch on it. Um, uh, safety is an issue with this stuff. Um, um, it, it's it's a dark, cold world out there. Um, so it's important to do things in a safe way. Um, and when you're at a shelter in a program, it's much safer. Um, uh, both Matt and Glenn brought up the idea of giving somebody a ride. And in truth, all four of us on this podcast have done that. Um, you actually, as a listener to this podcast, should not do that. Right. Um, yeah. uh, all four of us are big time tough, strong dudes who know how to handle ourselves. Um, and it's actually not always the super greatest idea when we do it. Right. Um, yeah. If you are not us, you really super, super should not do that. Um, well, the other thing about that is we also um, read and evaluate people who are in these situations for a living. Yeah. And um, I can say that it was a couple of weeks, a couple of few weeks ago, we, I was taking a guy from our leaving our bridge program and it was a first time guy and we didn't know him real well and he's acting a little erratically and I was happy to give him a ride to the corner that was on my way but he said well actually can you turn left here instead of right and take me all the way I said no I can't this is where you get out friend it was nice having you hope to see you next week and you have to be willing to trust yourself to do those things, and as you're saying, if you don't have the training, don't risk it. And you can give out bus passes. And those exactly right. Ex- exactly right. You know, Matt's making that decision as someone who knows how to read people is also a buck ninety and a black belt in taekwondo. So, yeah. um, you, you want to keep that in mind. If you're, you know, if you're a young lady, if you're a young person, it's actually not something that you want to do. And again, that's all the more reason to be involved in a program and a shelter where you're able to serve in in a safe way, uh, where it's going to be a good experience for them and for you, so that you're going to want to keep doing it it's absolutely right i've said this a couple times before on this podcast glenn is absolutely right um one of the things if you live in an area big enough to have public transportation and you'd be surprised even uh, the city at least talking about knoxville has a bus system and stuff if you really decide i want to be able to hand somebody something we will do something um beginning of the month buy five bus passes and get some uh business cards from these shelters all of which have them or you can yeah. prep yourself hand them that uh what it, Lee, uh, glenn was talking about we don't give out we don't tend to give out cash here in Chicago. We have a little bit of petty cash for the people who come to our service regular and we know have some immediate need. But uh, we actually, Glenn, Jed, and I are not the people who handle that. We do not give out cash to our service. And there's a couple reasons for that. One is me giving you five bucks actually isn't going to do anything to solve your long-term problem. And another one is even if I could afford to give everyone I, everyone who asked a hundred bucks, it's not actually going to solve any of their problems and I'm going to be broke. Yeah. So cash exchange feels fine in the moment. 
And but that's not always the best way to go, and not as Glenn is saying because they might spend it on booze or whatever. But it's just not the most efficient way to do things. One more quick bonus point, you know, Matt just made me think of this to, to understand um, where we're coming from on all of this. Uh, when someone comes and asks you for money, most of the time, that's what we would refer to as a hustle. Yeah. Um, what they're the the it's it's a transaction where they're saying I'm going to make you feel guilty, and the way you can make that guilt go away is by giving me money. Yeah. That's that's what's being offered to you. And again, the term we would use for that is it's a hustle. What um, I would encourage you to do is to say no to a hustle under all situations, right. under all circumstances, but to say, I want to figure out a way to actually help people. Right. The The advice that we're giving you, none of it is meant to make you not feel guilty in that moment where the person asks you for money because they're trying to make you feel guilty. That's the whole point. Um, what we're saying is we want to we want to leave that behind entirely and go from not trying to feel guilty to figuring out how to actually help people in need, which is a different consideration. Yeah. And uh, to piggyback on that, and we'll get off this, um, one of the things you have to do, then it's a good, your instinct to ask us or ask someone you know who does this for a living is right, because you can't, this is a situation, an area of life and ministry where you just can't make emotional decisions yes. in the moment. Because right. I guarantee if you take our advice, which is good advice, and as Glenn said, the people you're here on this podcast, not to be modest, are world-class professionals at doing ministry to these exact people. But a good 50% of the time, you're going to try to hand someone that bus pass and the thing to the shelter, and they're going to go, come on, man. Yeah. Right. They're going to get a little angry. They're going to get a little pissed. Man, I know you got a buck fifty in your wallet, man. Come on. Exactly. And in that moment, you're going to want to feel bad and give them cash. And in that moment, what's happening is you're letting a very likely intoxicated person who <laughs> has unmedicated <laughs> mental illness make your decisions for you. That's correct. Yeah. And that's not really a way to go through life. And, and that's the point. That's the yeah. whole point of that interchange. You got to have a little strategy beforehand and know a little bit to uh, go on. But there's a lot of good stuff in there to do. And... Stick to your guns on that. Don't do anything that makes you feel unsafe. Don't do anything where you feel like you're getting taken advantage of. All right, we move on to our last question here. It came in anonymously to our Tumblr. It says, I've just started a new relationship with a wonderful man. However, we are both new to Christian relationships, and it's a long-distance relationship. I would like to start, start discussion more about our personal faith and what that would look like in a relationship and stuff like that, but I'm not sure where to start. One idea I've had is reading a book together. Do you guys know of any good books or anything that could start this conversation for us? It would be nice to read the same thing and be able to share more of our faith journey despite the distance. I realize you guys are not super fans of many of the new Christian books out there. That's correct. There's got to be something useful for two long-distance lovebird. Thank you. Lee, can you kick us off? Absolutely. Thanks for your question, and uh, it's awesome that you wrote in to ask this question. You're actually more on track with writing the question than you are in the uh, down the stream with the Christian book thing. Here's the thing on the question about do we know of any good books? Um, no. No. <laughs> I don't know of any good books. No good books. I, I don't know why it is, What about but the good book? Yeah. Somebody had to say it. That was slick, my man. That was slick. Here's the thing is, for some reason, and, uh, and I know the other guys can back me up on this, for some reason, uh, bless our hearts. It's all, for some reason, everybody that loves Jesus, the first thing we want to do is run to a book to get all the answers from everything. I don't know what is down, what's going on with that. Hello. Here's the thing I would tell you is um, what you're doing by asking us this question, you are so close to the thing that you need to do that's going to unlock this whole deal for you, which is each of you in your town has 
you may not know him yet, but you need to go find him. You need to ask Jesus to, to introduce him to you, and you need to go find him. You have somebody in your town who loves Jesus, who has an awesome marriage, who's older than you, who's been walking with the Lord for a long time, and you need to sit down, each of you, sit down with that person, whoever they are, and say, I'm going to buy you lunch, and I want you to teach me how to be in a relationship well. Um, I, there's, a, there's a dude that, that I've been hanging out with recently, and... Um, and he, I, I don't know, I don't know how it happened, but the guy has just decided I'm going to be his guy. And he just wants to come to me and talk to me about his relationship stuff and his life and his walk. And the guy texts me every other week and says, when can we have breakfast? When can we, when can I buy you a cup of coffee? I want to pick your brain about some stuff. I want to know how I can love my girlfriend well. I want to know how I can walk with Jesus. I want to know how I can get over this thing and get past this deal. And I just want I just want to pick your brain about it. This dude is awesome. And he is crushing stuff that it took me years to learn the wrong way around. Uh, what 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 that means is it's kind of like that game shoots and ladders. What did you play when you're a little kid? It's like I'm I've taken years and years and years of being in a relationship to learn certain things and this guy just gets to skip straight to the good parts because he's found he's asking me the questions and he's soaking up everything that I have to tell him and I'm giving him all the the answers before he ever has to take the test and that's what you want to do ask the lord to help you find him maybe it's a pastor and or a pastor's wife in your church maybe it's somebody that's in ministry in your in your life and some kind of I, I I would start there I would look at you know who's in ministry who's who's giving their lives away to to serve Jesus in some way that has a great marriage that I respect and will be open to meeting and talking with me, have my boyfriend find the same thing in his town. What you want is an actual flesh and, bo- flesh and blood human. The people that write books, the reason that they write books is, and these guys can, can tell you more about this, but the reason that they write those books is because they... They and then a publishing company and then uh, you know and then whatever everybody's trying to make money. That's why the books are coming out. That's that's what that whole thing's about. But the person that you talk to that just has a beautiful marriage and they love you and they have a great walk with the Lord, all they're actually interested in is listening to you and helping you. And my friend, that's what you want to get a hold of. You want to find somebody who wants to help you learn how to walk this thing out and help you learn how to be a good girlfriend and wife and the whole thing. Why don't we start there instead of? the book thing. I think you're going to find that there's actually kind of no ceiling to how good your relationship can be if you head in that direction. Absolutely, Judd. Uh, Lee's advice is spot on. You do want to find people in your life that can help you as you're working on that, because that process may take you a minute. I do have an author for you to check out. I'm about to blow your mind. You think we don't like books? Well, you're wrong, unless you think we do like books, then you're, I don't know. But here's what you want. Dr. Henry Cloud. Dr. Henry Cloud. I just beat you to it. You did. Here's what I'm talking about. There's there's a guy, I'm a fan, Glenn's a fan, we're all fans, uh, 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 PhD counseling psychologist, the name is Henry Cloud, Christian brother, devout Christian, loves the Lord. Everything I've read from him, fantastic. Yeah. Great stuff. It may um, not be the kind of dating book that they're thinking of and it's not really in the vein exactly of all these other ones it's actual like how to have an actual relationship from someone who knows what he's talking that's about. exactly right it, it, the book and again lee is right you want to find actual human beings in your life you can talk to as you're working on that the book i'd encourage you guys to read together and talk about together the title of the book is boundaries 
The subtitle of the book is When to Say Yes, When to Say No to Take Control of Your Life. This particular book is written by Henry Cloud and another dude named Townsend. Um, T-O-W-N-S-E-N-D is the is the last name, so it's Cloud and Townsend. Um, it's fantastic stuff. Uh, it'd be so worth your while for the two of you to read it together, talk about it, go back and forth. And it's about a subject which is setting boundaries in interpersonal relationships, which is essential for having a healthy marriage. Um, you're going to need boundaries with each other. You're going to need boundaries for yourself and your own decision making. You need boundaries definitely as you're dealing with relatives and in-laws, like majorly you need that. Um, I think you can't go wrong with that. And when you finish that one, I would pick up the next thing you can find from that same author, Henry Cloud. Uh, read it through together. Talk it through together. Uh, it's great stuff. Strongly, strongly recommend it. Absolutely, Glenn. Uh, yeah, I would uh, ditto that recommendation, which I for the record, made first. Absolutely. Um, uh, and because I'm cooler than Jed, I know that they actually have a boundaries book on dating. Oh, they do? Yeah, they do, actually. That's awesome. Um, cool people know about all the boundaries books. Yeah. Uh, but I, it's really, uh, you know, a uh, t- taking the same principles and extrapolating. And I would actually read both books. Right if on. It was me. Again, um, Lee's right. I mean, the, the, this is not in these. These books are not in the vein of the of the kind of. Uh, stuff that you see out there you well, know. The, our guess is the book that you want is how to search for passion with a pure heart in a passionate way yeah. for the glory yeah, of his excellence yeah, this ain't that yeah uh, and this <laughs> what jed's pointing out here that i just want to underscore is this is an actual person who does actual psychological help and has training in that area with working with couples and helping them yes. solve actual problems <laughs> in the real world. Now you think, well, that must be the minimum qualification for all these people writing it's all not. these books. It's not. So um, that's that's why I say it's going to be different. It's going to be coming in on a very different uh, level. But I think uh, uh, I, I really agree with what Jed's saying. It'll help you more for the long term of that relationship. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's that's good stuff. I I would say as well, the thing with distance is to make it work for you. You've got a lot of uh, things working against you. It's hard to be close. It's hard to be intimate. Yeah. Um, but it's also uh, you don't have the sexual stuff. Is is you know the physically not being there prevents a certain amount of that from going nuts. So you can sort of. Uh, a, a certain amount of actual time in relationships is taken up by kissy face and lovey-dovey and cuddle time and all that, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that. But at some point, sometimes that sort of eclipses the relationship. And uh, some of us, you know, woke up uh, partway through the honeymoon and said, oh, so um, I feel like I should have asked this earlier, but uh, yeah, what's going on with you again? <laughs> you know, and so you know, you you you, if you have a long distance relationship, uh, it's just a way of exploring everything and and getting into that and really getting to know each other. I think that's great. Uh, and I'll actually put in a a plug uh, for ourselves. So one of the things about uh, the bridge box that you heard uh, Matt mention earlier is we include. Bible studies in there, I, and I, right. I would really strongly suggest y'all to to read the Bible together. 
because you want your walk to kind of dovetail and to know each other uh, and where you are on on Bible stuff and to to kind of get on that same path by reading the same stuff, understanding the same stuff together, having the same uh, perspective on things. And uh, that's actually why we include uh, Bible studies in those British box. So you don't have to run around trying to find one of those, whatever. It just comes to your uh, email and you can go over it uh, yeah. long distance. So you're both reading the same stuff, and you can answer the questions and then review that with each other. Here's what I said on mine and whatever. It's a great and idea. It's a great way of just getting a sense of – I mean, we're plugging ourselves, and, and I know you all will forgive us for doing that, but I, I think that would um, give you – uh, a great way of, of a low impact way of getting into the Bible together and sharing that long distance. That's a great point. And if you'll email me, Matt at missionusa.com and uh, ask very nicely, I'm sure we could be happy to just send you a month of the Bible studies to sample out and see if you want to get into bridge box on that. But for $8, it is a steal. Wow. One thing I want to take a little different tack on this. These guys are absolutely right that if you're looking for actual how to have a relationship advice. A book is not the ideal way to go, and Christian books are you should not go anywhere near. <laughs> but let me, it's interesting because I answered this question on our blog a little while ago, and as I was reading it over, I, my first reading of it, I just assumed you you said Christian dating book in there, which you didn't, and I'm going to give you a. Uh, some, I'm going to give you a lot of credit here and assume that maybe you're not talking about that, and maybe you're saying. We want to talk about Jesus-y stuff, and we don't have a jumping-off point for that. That's another mm-hmm. tough thing about long-distance relationships is when you're in the same town, in the same school, whatever, there's a lot of entryway into conversations. There's, oh, did you hear that so-and-so said this at lunch, and did you see the thing on campus? And that's one of the more difficult things about long-distance relationships. It gets very easy to fall into a pattern of, what did you do today? List. Here's what I did today. List. Okay, bye now. Click. Yeah. It's easy to fall into that because you just kind of you want to get caught up, but it's a little harder to do that in a substantive way. So one of the things you can do, and another thing that people have done with our Bridgebox Bible studies and have done with this very here podcast you're listening to, is it just kind of gives them an entry to talk about s- spiritual stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, or you could listen to something like uh, the Bridge Podcast or Lee's Water Type has said, "Oh, I, lo- I really liked in Glenn's sermon when he said this thing, and I didn't fully understand what that means. What do you think that meant?" And you can use this. You can use a piece of material as a jumping off point into having a broader yeah. spiritual conversation. The cool thing about that is then it doesn't really matter what book you choose as long as you both like it. And it could be any of the things we've recommended before. Um, Jed's talked about uh, Phil Yancey. Phil Yancey. I'm a big uh, Frederick Beekner fan. Lee's a uh, huge C.S. Lewis guy and uh, D. Martin Lloyd-Jones. Uh, Glenn's big into Kierkegaard because he's a little more Danish than the rest of us. Yeah, that's right. But so really at that point, anything you're into and anything you like that has a spiritual bent, you guys can read that together and just talk about it. And if you want to do something even a little spiritual, you could, I don't know, watch Breaking Bad together and be caught up on Breaking Bad and, oh, well, I sure. thought this. And if you are both Christian people, it will spin that way and it'll give you something to jump into. That's a very cool idea, and it's a really smart instinct you had about how to have a relationship there. As we mentioned, a lot of people actually have used their our Bridgebox Bibles for this, and if you want to get in on that, you can sign up at missionusa.com slash bridgebox. It's only $8 a month. Small price to pay for the Bible studies, but we include a whole lot of other stuff, songs, sermons, uh, a devotional piece, uh, video, Some you'll hear all of the people you hear on this podcast pop up, and many more, lots of great music and other stuff for only $8 a month. 
All that goes to fund urban ministry. You can also sign up at missionusa.com slash BBLY to get the Lee Younger version. You can check out our other podcast, The Bridge, comes out every Monday. It's a worship podcast. You get two bridge worship songs. You get a sermon from Glenn, and I'll pop on there occasionally. And then in the end, you'll get an Electronica Bible memorization track from Chicago's The Pool House Guru. And The Bridge Loud comes out every Friday. If you like a little heavier rock music, it's the same deal. Sermons with all of that. All right, if you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com or thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. Date Matt and save the human race from the monkey apocalypse.